Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, full disclosure, I'm I'm running on like like not even four hours of sleep. So if you're looking to get something past me today, like th- this is the day. If you want to try to take advantage of my weakened mental state, this is the day to do it. I have no good excuse for it either. I have no good excuse, except we were just binge watching a TV show. It was that 1883 show, the one of the the, the prequel shows for Yellowstone, because Christy and I like Yellowstone, and then they like made like seventeen thousand spinoffs, and so this one, the eighteen, I think it's eighteen. I think I'm getting the year right, 1883, and it was one of those things where they only have one season, and so. We're like, okay, surely this is almost over. Okay, all right, one more episode. Okay, one more episode. And then it was like the last episode, or so we thought. And then it was like, oh, no, there's one more. Oh. And so we ended up staying up to like 1 o'clock. And I get up at 5. It's not, I did not think this through. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the program. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, thanks a lot for hanging out. I appreciate it. Um, I saw some stuff. With our uh, two of our local elected officials, uh, mother-daughter team here in Mecklenburg County, Pat Cotham and Trisha Cotham. Pat Cotham is longtime Mecklenburg County commissioner. Uh, her husband, John, was the head of the Democratic Party here in Mecklenburg County like 20 years ago. Their daughter, Trisha Cotham, married uh, she was a state lawmaker. She married Jerry Meek, who was, uh, or Meeks, Meek, Meeks. I forget. I don't know. He, he may be plural. I don't know. But he, uh, she marries Jer- uh, Jerry Meeks, and uh, he was the state Democratic Party chairman. So Democrat Party leadership here from a, from a long time ago, right? About twenty over the last twenty years, and Trisha Cotham made all of the. Uh, national news recently when she flipped and became a Republican. She's back in the state legislature. She ran for election after being out of office for uh, a few years. And then she ran um, for a House seat and won as a Democrat and then switched her parties. I'm not going to go all into all of the background on all of that, except as you might imagine, leftists, did not take this announcement very well. <laughs> they, no, they, they, they've not been handling it well. Um, and according to Pat Cotham and Trisha Cotham, in a couple of uh, social media posts, they believe somebody targeted the mom, Pat, as she was driving with her grandson i believe which trisha's child driving in the car and she's got a you know cotham for mecklenburg bumper sticker or cotham for whatever you know a political bumper sticker and um look i i like this is a concern of mine 
I, I don't think people who slap the Joe Biden or Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton stickers on their cars, I don't think this is something that they ever really think about or worry about. Uh, I, I do believe it is something that a lot of folks worry about when they put a Donald Trump sticker on their car or, I mean, even a McCain or Romney or Bush, right? Anything like that, any sticker you put on your car that indicates a right-of-center political philosophy or support for a right-of-center candidate, I mean, the thought does cross your mind, right? I mean, I put I put stickers for WBT on my car because, you know, they pay me all of the extra money to advertise on as, as a rolling billboard. That's... That's uh, what I, that's how I make all the money, actually. It's in advertising uh, my vehicle. No, it's, but that is something that I, you know, I am cognizant of. <clears throat> that uh, if somebody, and I've never had anybody do it. I've never had anybody, at least that I, I was aware of, uh, you know, target me because of the stickers on my car or anything like that. And I don't think anybody, re- re- you know, they... They don't recognize me. It's not like I'm driving down the road and people are like, oh, my God, that's Pete Callender in the car next to me, like you would with some famous person. That, that, that does not happen. So, you know, the times where I've had people road rage against me, it's usually been because they're unstable or, you know, like I've, I've done something that they perceived as a slight or something, right? And that, that could be what happened here. That could be what happened. We, we don't know. Because there wasn't any kind of interaction between Pat Cotham and this crazy person driving the car. There could have been something going on. And according to the, uh, uh, the, the social media posts, it was, um, there was some, it was a woman in a Toyota. I believe, yes, like a, I, I think I saw it was like a white, why does it got to be a white Toyota? I don't know. But it was a, like a white Toyota, maybe Camry or something. I don't know. But... According to the post over at uh, the Facebook, Trisha Cotham said, in a separate matter, my mother and son were targeted in an aggressive incident of political road rage this week. My My child was screamed at with vulgar obscenities, received the middle finger from a raging woman who would not stop honking her Toyota's horn while she was swerving at them. She tried to run my family off the road and get them to hit her. Again, don't know any of the details. Pat Cotham went on to Twitter after this was posted by Dallas Woodhouse, who is a uh, former state Dem- or a state Republican Party chairman, I believe, or executive director. Executive director. And um, she said that she responded, it was terrifying and not the first time I was scared for my grandson. So terrifying, and not the first time, she says. Again, all we have, all I have at this time is this. Heard Mark Garrison's report in the newscast that uh, there's no police report filed. <clears throat> we don't have any other information other than what has been provided here. We don't know if she was maybe, you know, driving along. I mean, these are both female drivers, so you know they're not very... I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I am just kidding. Come on. I'm not supposed to make that joke. Come on. That's like right there. All right. Um, 
No, like I've got into these types of situations with people and it had nothing to do with politics. It had everything to do with dri- people driving, right? So that's possible. But if I have to, uh, if I have to guess, I'm saying it's not unrelated to the bumper sticker on her car. It probably is related. I don't think, I don't think you engage in that kind of over-the-top behavior without. Yeah, like there's that, like there's some mental instability on uh, going on there. Um, and I hope that they've got got her uh, uh, license plate number of the the woman that was trying to run them off the road. Find out who it is, right? Have an investigation of some kind. But I don't think I don't know if they filed a police report. Does not appear to be that uh, the case. It doesn't look like they did. So you got that case here in Mecklenburg County. A couple of days ago, I came across this. Maggie Ullman, no relation to Tracy, I don't believe. But maybe, I don't know. She's, and she's a city council member in Asheville. And she and four of her city council colleagues put out a statement. And the, the subject line or the, the headline on the statement was both slash and solutions for public safety are growing. So it's both and. So they're not, right, they're they're saying it's not an either or, it's a both and. Get it, right? Both and solutions for public safety are growing. This was the subject line. Now, you may not have heard this, but Asheville has had a bit of a problem with some, like, yeah, well, a lot of stuff like with the with the robberies and the the violent crime and the homelessness and uh, you know uh, tourist dollars are kind of going away up there because people are afraid to be out in the downtown area. And it's been a problem. It's been a problem for years. When I was up there, I was telling people this is this is unsustainable. People are going to stop coming. The city runs on tourist dollars, and so the city council they had their you know flirtation with the defund the police. And now they're like, oh, well, maybe that's not the best course. And so now you've got some council members that are like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should hire some more cops. And the reaction has been violent. Uh, A couple of emails here regarding the Pat Cotham situation. So uh, this is from Jeff, who says, Pete, I'm listening to your opening segment on today's show. And uh, Pat Cotham, the mother, lives in my neighborhood. She's the county commissioner as well. And it's not just a bumper sticker on her car. It's a big sign on both side doors that says Pat Cotham County Commission and, like, I work for you. It's all over the car. So it's pretty obvious who she is when you drive by her. Uh, So the perpetrator knew it was Cotham, but guessing she may have gotten Pat and Trisha confused or maybe she didn't care, just knew it was a Cotham and just went off on her. So that's good to know. By the way, Vilma Leek does the same thing. She's got one of those big old uh, car magnets, I think, that she slaps onto the side of her Mercedes right there. It's for the people. And so uh, right there on the side, big green Vilma Leek uh, sign. That's how I knew it was her one day when I was passing her. I was like, this person's driving ridiculously slow. And so I moved to pass her, and I saw, oh, it's a Vilma Leek supporter. It's like, oh, no, that's Vilma Leek. I could tell because she had that big flower on the on her shoulder, you know, pinned to the lapel, like the size of her head. Anyway, uh, David, or sorry, Scott, rather, says, 
I am embarrassed as a fellow North Carolinian that such a thing could happen, but honest, honestly, I'm really not surprised. Just have to say to the person or people who are threatening and saying that she deserves to die, they're absolute scumbags, but that would be an insult to scumbags. They are much worse. We should strongly urge the people around them who know that they committed these despicable acts of hatred to call them out. They should first seek counsel with their pastor or priest, assuming they believe in God. Secondly, they should probably get some uh, referrals for some good psychiatric or therapy uh, help, because if you leave that level of hatred, oh, if you leave that level of hatred to fester, it'll only grow stronger. Yes, it's like the force. And then something really bad might happen that cannot be undone. The combination of social media, COVID lockdowns, and team identity politics are rotting the very core principles that our great nation was founded on. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Brett Winterbull talks about this. Uh, he's exactly right. Um, he, he talks about, like, uh, politics as, as a sports fan dumb, right? How people get attached to politics and issues very much like, you know, some, you know, some people like this and they go overboard and they're, they're too interested in sports. They're too big of a fan. You know, you know, the kind of people I'm talking about. They're the ones that their entire week is ruined if their football team loses on Sunday. Right. Like, really? Look, I hate it when the Panthers lose and they lose a lot and they've been losing a lot for a very long time. I hate it. Does it ruin my entire week? No. No, it does not. It does it ruin my Sunday? Okay, yes. But well, just like half of it, just part of the Sunday, and mainly that's because, uh, like, uh, they just they hang around and hang around and make me think that they're going to win, and then they lose it at the end, and then I just feel like I've wasted three hours of my life. You know, if they would just get blown out early, then I could you know go about my day and I don't have to worry about it. That's all. So like, th- so for like this past weekend, Saturday, thank you. Thank you very much. When you know when you lose that badly to the Jets, like I don't have to stick around for that. It's okay. But there are people that get so worked up over politics, and yes, there's probably some sort of a chip missing up there <laughs> in the brain. Uh, they get so riled up about it, and it just it consume, uh, consumes them. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that, I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Let's go over to the phone lines and chat with Tony. How are you, Tony? Long time no talk. Yeah, how you doing today, Pete? Hey, I'm I'm all right. So, all right, I'm going to let you get your uh, question in, but the first, I got to ask you a question first. You know what I'm going to ask you, right? Sure, go ahead. No, I don't. You don't know what I'm going to ask you? All right, here we go. All right. Dude, where were you for the News and Brews event? Do you know how yeah, many I... people asked 
if you were coming, we put you on the list. I was getting people emailing and, and texting, and at the event, they were like, where's Tony? Is he here? I was like, I haven't seen him. I don't know what he looks like, but I, I, I keep checking the list, and he and you weren't there. Uh, Pete, you know you, you know you are joking, man. I, I, oh, actually, I, I had to work. That's what I had to do, so that, that, mm. that's the problem with that. Because I, I, I would have loved to have been in attendance, but, yeah, I had to work, though. Yeah. No, I'm, like, I'm dead serious. People wanted to know. If you were coming, they really wanted to meet you. Oh, wow. Okay. For real. Okay. I, I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I think but, that I think a lot of listeners, even if they don't agree with you because you're wrong on everything, they think you're a nice person. Oh, <laughs> but I'm wrong on everything. Right. Well, I, I, okay, all right. Well, listen, man. If, 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 wrong is, if wrong is doing what this lady did to the voters in Charlotte that voted her in as a Democrat... If that if that's being wrong, I don't I don't want to be wrong. I definitely because that that that's dirty. I I hate that happened to her mother and her grand and her child. You know that no one wants to be involved in anything like that. That's definitely ridiculous. But it's really really sad that politicians can do that. Now I don't I don't know how long she was in office before she switched, but she robbed those folks that voted for her, and that that's not good. So well, just by way of the background, she was in. She got into uh, the state legislature back in the early two thousands. Became the youngest woman ever elected to the general assembly, and she was put into that seat after the incumbent Jim Black, the the former Speaker of the House. Uh, he went down for corruption and uh, went to federal prison and everything. So they uh, they had the seat open, and so the Democrats got to put somebody in there, and so they put her in there, and then she held that seat for uh, several election cycles. Um, and then I want to say she's been out of office probably like the last 10 years or so, 8 to 10 years, and then she just ran for the seat again this time and ran as a Democrat and then uh, after she won, went back to Raleigh, and that's where she said she started getting all of the – the flack from her Democrat colleagues and uh, she had, because she had been away. And um, like I, to some extent, like I can, I can even understand, you know, like you've been someplace and then you go away and then you come back and you got all these ideas of like the way things used to run. And then, you, and then you realize, Oh no, like they don't run that way anymore. There's probably some of that going on. Okay. Well, that's fine. That, that, that's fine. But, but but come but run for a Republican then. I mean, the, you, to me, it's like it's like that constituency of uh, Democrats that put her in that yeah. position. They deserve to have who they wanted in that position because they won the vote. And so I think that if that's the case, then she she could have stayed as a Democrat and then come back and run as a Republican because that you know uh, she I, I would never vote for her though. I right. Would so so would you? All right. So let me ask uh, ask it this way: Would you have preferred then that she? Keep the party affiliation um, and then just keep voting the way she's been voting and doing the stuff she's doing at odds with the Democrat Party platform. But as long as she stayed a Democrat, then it didn't matter how she voted or would it be more important that she votes the way the Democrat Party wants her to vote? From the beginning, I just think that she knew what she was going to do from the beginning. You know, I, you know, I just I don't get it. I don't think Santa Claus switched spots with uh, the Tooth Fairy because, you know, they're throwing dirt on Santa Claus or what have you, so now he wants to be the Tooth Fairy. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. I, I just think that she fraudulently got in that position and, 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 and flip flop. Sure. She was a Republican the whole time. 
Oh well, all right. So right, I, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that argument. Uh, there's no. Uh, there is. There really isn't any evidence uh, because if you look at her voting record, you look at the things that she has said. She does appear to be consistent on the things. Like her big thing was the school choice issue, and um, she hasn't like she hasn't flipped votes on on these things. So I'm not sure like it was a fraud. Like she was actually a closet Republican the whole time. I have heard, I have heard people make that argument, but I, I'm not convinced of that. It is possible, I guess, like present me the evidence, but I haven't seen the evidence that would support that. Um, but I, but to back to the, the question, would you have preferred that she just keep the, the Democrat affiliation, but then vote re- with the Republicans? Um, I, I, I think so, because I, I, I think so. It, because, I mean, that happens in Congress now, I believe. You know, you have anyway. The thing about it is, this, to me, it's like, why would you vote Democrat um, or Republican on an issue where, if I had an issue that I was voting on and I'm a Democrat, but the Republicans are carrying that issue, meaning that they're right about it, mm-hmm. I'm going to vote Repub- I'm going to vote with the Republicans, or and vice versa. It's not about I got to vote with the party because that's that's the party that I'm, you know, affiliated with. You, you we're, we're trying to. Uh, Push America forward. So you you put the best policies uh, forward, and that's what I would do, and that's what she could have done. But well, but she just. She, I think she thinks she is doing that, Tony, because she's saying that when she got there, the Democrat Party has changed, and they were demanding her uh, that that she you know vote a certain way on all of these issues, and she was telling them you know no, like I want vouchers, I want school choice, and they're like you can't do that, and so. And then they were like making comments. They were, you know, do it. They were giving her the mean girl treatment. You know, nah. She could have fought within her party. She could have, if she was that persuasive uh, to have to be voted in, then she could have persuaded her party members uh, to, uh, hey, listen, to go against the teachers' union. Hey, if, if that's what she no. does, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying that that she's going to win. No, but that's what you do. No, well, but so all right. But so I would submit then that. It seems like what you're arguing is that the uh, that the jersey is more important than the votes because if I'm a if I'm a registered Democrat, I run for office like she does, and I just keep the registration as Democrat, but I vote with Republicans on like all sorts of bills. People aren't going to be happy with that because of the votes, not because okay. of the affiliation. But you say that the opposite. You would you think that they should keep the she should keep the Democrat affiliation, and I just I don't understand what the like. There's no juice there, right? There's there's no juice there for the Democrats. Well, the thing about it is, it, at least it, okay. Well, well, as far as semantics, the way it looks, it just makes her look really, really, really bad. I can it see makes that. Her look really bad, and it makes and she's going to have trouble if she decides to run for office again because they no you know oh, yeah. flip-flopping is not a good thing in politics. I well, think. and also, I mean, look, she is not some sort of right-winger. And so if she's going to be in a district that is a Republican uh friendly district or even a heavy Republican district, I don't know if she gets the support from Republicans in a primary where they they would be able to actually win a general election race because she's not going to be as conservative as a Republican running against her in that primary. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that strategy looks like for the long term. But honestly, that indicates evidence that 
this was not a fraud. This wasn't something that she went into it trying to do. And she hasn't done this sort of political calculation in order to advance her career because it doesn't. I agree with you. I mean, I don't think she wins in a Democrat primary again in a Democrat district. And I don't know if she could win a Republican primary in a Republican district. Right, right, right. Exactly. So. I mean, I just think it, I, I think it was fraudulent. I think it, I think the lady knew what she was doing off off the top because I don't. How long was she in office before she flipped? Uh, well, this was the first term. She had oh, just yeah, won yeah, yeah. in twenty two, and so got sworn in in December, and then flipped like six months later, eight months six later. Months later, yeah. There you go. Okay. She. Yeah. I, I really feel like that was the plan from the whole beginning. Right. And but I think the, that she duped that constituency that voted for her, and I think that was wrong. That was absolutely wrong. I got that's you. why people don't like politicians, man. Well, come on. Let's not pick just one reason, Tony. I mean, that's one of them, though. All right, Tony. <laughs> hey, thanks, hey, hey, thanks for the kind words that you said, though, man. And, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll be able to uh, come to an event that you guys have one day in the future. But yeah, we got another one coming up. You keep calling and chatting. I'm going to keep inviting you. Okay, well, All I right, Tony. It. All right, man. Thank you. I All appreciate right. it. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Alrighty, so let me get back to this Asheville City Council story because there is a city councilwoman named Maggie Ullman and she, along with four of her colleagues, the mayor, Esther Mannheimer, the vice mayor, Sandra Kilgore, Sage Turner, councilwoman, and Shanika Smith, councilwoman, along with Ullman, councilwoman. By the way, it's an all-female city council up there now. And um, they put out a statement. And basically, it's just kind of an um, uh, it's like an aggregation of all of these different projects and priorities that they were working on. And they just put it all into one letter and said, here are the things that we are doing regarding solutions, and you know me, I'm all about solutions, solutions for public safety, okay? And they've got one, two, uh, three, four, five little areas that they highlight. One is invest in the police. That's it. Stop. That's all. That's it. That's all that matters. And so for, for for having the temerity to say, hey, we need to restaff the Asheville Police Department because it's been hemorrhaging officers. Nobody wants to work here anymore because there's been such an anti-cop sentiment sweeping through the city council, the city government, the community. They're doing protests all the time. It's, it, it's been nasty. These are, these are what, I, what I call them as short-term anarchist LARPers. That's what they are up there. Short-term anarchist LARPers. LARPer is a live-action role player. Short-term anarchists. They're not actually anarchists. They pretend to be, but they're not. 
They're statists. They're Marxists. They're Antifa. They want GovCo to do a lot more. They just want to be in control of it. That's all. Anyway, so and so the anarchy is just a temporary condition necessary to usher in more state action, more government action in order to fix the problems that they have caused. So after they put this statement out, here's a here's a a, a post by Maggie Ullman on her Facebook page. I believe it was Facebook. She says somebody came to my family's home last night and used a knife and hammer to slash my car tires and smash my car windows. This act of intimidation came just hours after I co-signed a letter requesting an open dialogue on violence. Well, there's your problem right there. You asked for an open dialogue, and that is not allowed. We, we don't do that anymore. Come now. Fall in line, shut up, or get your window smashed. By the way, this is why, remember, I quoted a couple of weeks ago Dennis Prager talking about how there are conservatives who vote their principles There are leftists who vote their principles, and then there are liberals who do not. And they do not vote their principles because they are cowards. They are afraid of acknowledging that they are closer to the conservative position than the leftist position. And they don't want to do that, and they don't want to anger these leftists, and so they they go along with the leftist demands. And this is what happens. This is what happens because you fed the alligator in the hopes that it eats you last. This act of intimidation, she says, came just hours after I co-signed that letter requesting an open dialogue on violence, poverty, addiction, fear, and hope for Asheville. I thank the neighbors who risked their own safety to confront the person. I thank the police for launching an investigation, which, of course, will go nowhere. This experience has deepened my resolve. We must ensure open dialogue about issues that matter to us. We deserve a community that is inclusive, safe, and compassionate. Targeting people with malicious acts is never the way. Isn't it, though? I mean, for a lot of lefties, that does seem to be the way. I thought, for a lot of lefties, that, yeah. Um, Jeff says, uh, interesting that the Cotham incident is being downplayed by local TV and print media. Crickets from the local Democrats slash commies who won't even peep the obligatory condemnation of these types of acts. Yeah, where are the defend or disavow questions from media on them? Um, How can they be surprised about the party switch anyway? Everybody knows you can't trust a uh, communist. That's kind of true. That is kind of true. All righty.